and he owns a tiny little shoe company, shoemaking company. But he still has those dreams. He wants to be something big and make a big change. It was very difficult at first, but some of the newly established connections helped him to stay afloat. It was a small workshop that made simple but high quality shoes. Production grew every year and more and more employees were hired. The shoes were mostly sold in local shoe stores and the production quantity reached 100 pairs a day. You could probably say that things were going well, but the only catch was a significant one. The company was still very little known. And he had a dream to make a big name for himself and to innovate, and he kept innovating. And the biggest challenge is you make a hole in the leather to put the stitches in. Well, when it rains or snows, your socks and feet are going to get wet. He's already thinking about the greatest challenge in shoemaking. The greatest challenge in surgery is sewing two structures together that have torn, whether they be blood vessels, the lens in your eye, or cancer in your colon. When we take those things out and have to repair it, it's the same challenge. How do you make that shoe waterproof? How do you get that ball in the basket and not just have a high-flying act? You need to make it count, Dr. J. In fact, it wasn't until Nathan Schwartz turned 63 years old that he made a real technological breakthrough in the shoe business. Even despite the fact that he was far past his prime years, the owner of Abington didn't lose hope to get his name written into history. He constantly came up with new models, improved the existing ones, and introduced his own innovations and technologies for more comfortable wearing. However, all of this went unnoticed until the day when Nathan came up with a brilliant idea. He takes on the ultimate challenge a waterproof boot. The sutures are the problem. How am I going to fix that? Ah, brilliant idea. Listen to this. He realized that the shoe market was lacking footwear that could withstand all weather conditions and at the same time keep its owner's feet warm and dry. That is how, in 1965, the world's first waterproof boots appeared on the market. They were created by direct molding. They fused soles to upper leathers without stitching. Timberlands revolutionized the industry with their unique technology that allowed the sole of the shoe to be joined to its leather upper without the use of threads, resulting in a truly waterproof boot. Talk about timing. This is exactly the time that Julius Irving is at Roosevelt High School discovering how basketball is an art. The art of the dunk is exactly happening when Nathan Swartz, as a 63-year-old, is figuring out something called injection molding. Listen to this. The original model had 39 pieces put together in 80 steps. The first shoes were swept off the store shelves, and the word about these indestructible boots spread quickly, generating a demand for them. The product turned out to be so successful that the shoes had to be pre-ordered. Back then, they were only made in black, but their shape stood out from the rest, making them a coveted possession for many people. In the wake of such an overwhelming success, Nathan Schwartz unexpectedly decided to change the name of his company. First waterproof boot. This is how the Timberland trademark appeared, stemming from the words timber and land. The company chose an American oak as its logo, a symbol of solidarity and clanship. Nathan approached the matter very wisely. After all, everything from the look of the shoes and their quality of the company's name and logo indicated that this product was family-oriented and it was very accurately aligned with the values of American society. Soon, the shoes of the craftsmen from Odessa were not only worn by strong, brutal men, but also by women and children. But what about the color? Remember, Timberlands are yellow. 
Why would you want the boot to be yellow? Initially, they were black. This was a brilliant idea as well. He's making them for lumberjacks. When you're cutting a tree, you better not cut your foot. You got to see your feet. You got to make them bright. You got to make them yellow. Genius. Thus, in the early 70s, together with his sons and colleagues at the factory, Nathan started manufacturing the first waterproof yellow leather boots. In fact, the color was chosen at random. As it turned out, Schwartz was so carried away by testing of the new model that he completely missed out on the color palette. When the manufacturing process was already launched, Nathan spontaneously suggested making the shoes yellow. However, there is another version saying that initially the shoes were conceived as footwear for lumberjacks and as you probably know, in order to avoid accidents at work such as a tree falling on one's leg, lumberjacks preferred to wear bright shoes. Safety reasons. He's thinking about all the aspects of it. But mostly, it's about how to make them waterproof. And everybody wants a waterproof boot, particularly when you live in the Northeast where the weather's terrible, including Biggie Smalls and Nass from Crown Heights and Brooklyn. It's cold. It's wet. It's snowy. It's raining. From the very beginning, the company was very serious about testing the declared water resistance property of their boots. Before getting on the store shelves, each pair had been tested dozens of times under Schwartz's personal supervision. They were left in the factory toilet and had water poured on them for several hours. But the most widely known test was the sled dog race in Alaska. This innovative footwear became famous and popular extremely fast, and the words of the yellow boots became firmly associated with the Timberland brand. Mm. All because he realized when a needle goes through that leather, it makes a hole. And that hole can allow water to come through. How do we get around that? He figured it out in the world of art. And in 1985, a millionth pair of the yellow boots was sold. A year later, Nathan's son, Sidney Schwartz, became the new head of the company. Under his leadership, the first collection of men's and women's clothes for sports and traveling was launched. By the early 90s, not only did the sales of the company grow, but also its income had tripled. Yellow boots were coveted by the youth thanks to the dominating hip-hop culture in the USA at the time. That's exactly right. Groundbreaking. Revolutionary. The challenge. Making a hole with a needle. Passing the thread through. And yet, making it with precision watertight. In surgery. In sports. You're not just flying in the air, Julius Irving. You're making the basket count. How did he do that? Mm. I also want to talk about J.J. Watt, some clap revision, open the clinic, the number's 877-710-ESPN, and don't forget, we have to talk about food. Where do I see sutures in the world of food? Ah, I'm going to tell you, and it involves chicken. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.